This is another top-notch edition of Come On You Reds, the definitive Toronto FC podcast. What's going on, everybody? Gareth Wheeler, alongside former Toronto FC midfielder, now broadcaster and TFC Academy coach extraordinaire, Mr. Terry Dunfield. What's up, T-Dog? Morning, Wheels. Do people I, call you T-Dog? I don't think I've ever called you T-Dog before. No, I, Tez, Tell, Dump. I kind of like T-Dog. It means I'm sort of... Gives me a bit of swagger. I'm like one of the boys, one, the, of, the, one the, of the lads from the streets. The dump truck. <laughs> I love it. Just dumping his garbage all over the place I'm on a regular. All, I'm all good, Wheels. I'm enjoying the nice vibe around the training ground right now. Is it, it's what, amazing what a, what a couple wins that has uh, do for the club and just the morale around the place. I wouldn't say that the, the, the club got carried away uh, for, from some of the MLS form, that there's a million conditions and reasons why, which we've gotten into over the past couple of weeks. But I think everyone just around here is a little bit brighter and has a nice skip to their step. Four-game winning streak, that'll do that. What's the difference? Do you notice that players are just more jovial? Are they going around laughing? Like, how does how do things change, Terry? I wouldn't say the players. I think the players have done a really good job of, of keeping an even keel. But but I, I just sort of say that the. the that staff, everyone's just bouncing into work with, with a real sort of skip to their step. I, I know everyone at the club's really looking forward to the big litmus test on the back of some good form against Atlanta coming this weekend. That's, right. for, for me, one of the best venues, be, one of the best clubs, one of the best sides in the league to, to really test yourself against. And, and I think this is going to make such an exciting game. I, I, even within the players to a certain degree, I think when you bring back some big, big personalities and a guy that's really emerged as a true leader in Josie Altidore, it makes all the difference in the world. Like his goal celebration on the weekend was a lot of fun, but it seems like even through his injuries and he was here and there and all over the place, but he was really kind of defiant that this team still had, you know, a lot in them. There's that belief. And it just seems like when he's around, things are just a little bit lighter. Things are a little bit more tighter between the team. Is that an accurate read? Like Altidore seems like he's really great grown into that role and really loves it. I like it. That's a, I think that's a really good point. I think he's brought the best out of everybody and I think we saw that when he came back against Chicago away three games ago where where his overall performance, how he was dragging players through some yes. of the dirty sides of the game and, and pressing high and, and really giving the team not only a focal point on the pitch, which is clear to see, but also in and around that changing room. I think in his own kind of way, he, he leads by example uh, and I I think when he when he has to speak, I think the players 100% listen. So we'll go through the win over the weekend for Toronto FC. Look ahead to Atlanta. We'll kind of graze over the All-Star game. I love the MLS All-Star game more so than any other All-Star game. Like when East plays West, and it's like, eh. But, but still, at the end of the day, it's like still an all-star game, right? So uh, we'll leave that alone. We're doing this podcast, pull back the curtain here on Tuesday. So we haven't seen Liam Fraser play in the homegrown game. We haven't seen Sebastian Javinko play against his former side. But we wish both you know, a whole lot of luck. And those guys, fortunate enough that TFC coming out of the all-star break are in Atlanta they get to kind of stay down there and just kind of put up their shoulders and enjoy Atlanta and not have to worry about going through another airport. I like that, put up your shoulders. and Just enjoy the occasion, enjoy the festivities of Atlanta and as you said, dip out on a, on a little bit of extra travel. I think it's a great opportunity for Liam Frazier. I think he deserves to be here. We touched on in our last podcast, I thought he was brilliant against Ottawa and he's yeah. turning into a very good young pro that's learning under the tutelage of Michael Bradley. I think Javinko, he is stats might not quite be there this season but whenever he's been on that pitch 
he, he's been phenomenal. It's not been easy for him, but but he's kept going amongst speculation about a new contract. I think he's just got on about his business, and I know he'll love playing against his former club, Juventus. No kidding. The smile on his face is from ear yeah, to ear. You know what I'd like to touch on quickly, Wheels, if, if you don't mind, is is the fact that maybe Jonathan Azorio's not at the All-Star game. And, and, and I think that's just a little bit of a snub. I saw Mark Anthony Kay, who now plays for LAFC, tweet that out. I thought that was nice. I wish him a speedy recovery from a broken ankle. But I, I think Jonathan Azorio, on, especially on the, the back of dropouts due to injury there, I, I think he has a legitimate shout to, to be there. Well, and, and, th- and this is the thing with games like this, oftentimes reputations or names get you there. Salary. And that too. So there are a lot of players that you know for whatever reason are going to be in an all-star game right but, n- but now um, that, that he's popping up and I well said that on player on 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 the league's radar now amongst his peers uh, you know i don't think he's too far away from being being an all-star Let, we're going to get into our mid de facto mid-season awards as well and i have a feeling that jonathan azorio will feature prominently in that okay so we'll we'll get to that as well um do Toronto FC now own the Chicago Fire? It's funny, back-to-back weeks, they're very good in victories. 3 nothing last time out for Toronto FC, which when you look back at the first game of the year that these two teams played when it was 2-2 and how that game went, TFC could have been up 3 nothing. It's like maybe we can add Chicago to the list of teams and Philadelphia is right atop that list. Teams that Toronto FC just plays off the field. Three nothing, Terry, and quite frankly, Chicago never came close. They never had a chance, really. No, I don't think in all games they really had a chance. And and yes, Alan Gordon, last minute winner. That that's one that'll well, for the point. For the point. For the point. Sorry, yes. but but that probably felt like a last minute winner. And 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 I think that that's one of the games where you lose a little bit of sleep over. But I th- I think it's fair to say that TFC have dominated Chicago. I think they match up against them nicely. Paunovic has tried various different systems, playing Schweinsteiger in different roles, and whatever he sort of tries might work for a half, for 30 minutes, but I think the TFC against Chicago have been patient, have been professional. I think Greg Vanny's made some nice moves within the game to allow his stars to flourish, and for, for the most part, it, it has been total domination, and I think TFC will be disappointed to, to only have seven out of nine points, could have easily had nine. Well, they could be disappointed they only had three goals and not six in that game either, on the weekend because the chances that fell to them and that they were created by the team were all very good on the day. Sebastian Javinko himself had 10 shots and that screamed of Sebastian Javinko, the player that has really dominated MLS in recent years. And it's no wonder when Vasquez, when Altador comes into the team, he gets a little bit more service. Boy, oh boy, he hits another gear, doesn't he? He's a player that when you bring him into the game, like there's certain players that no matter what, they're going to go and run through a wall. Other players need to get, you know, really be provided the service, the platform to succeed. And when Javinko's given that platform, he shines brighter than anyone. A hundred percent. And he's he's given just a little bit more space and time when yes. Eltador's on that pitch. And I think all season... He doesn't force it either. He, and, he, and I know it's 10 shots, but he's not forcing it if that's the best and, way to And put if you it. look at his assist tally this year, I think his decision-making's been great. And I think he's, at times... With 10. He's, with 10. he's trusted his teammates around him. And, and he's laid the ball off, where in seasons past, he might have taken it on. Uh, and I think he's just in a nice groove. I think he's enjoying his football. 
he never misses a, a, a session on the training pitch. And with Altidore back in the side, he's just given a little bit more time on the pitch. And he he's uh, some of the stuff he can do is just so special. Well, his fingerprints or toe prints? Do people say toe prints? <laughs> do you have toe prints? Footprints. Footprints. That's it. Toe <laughs> we'll, prints. We'll get there. What's wrong with me? What a mug. <laughs> um, was all over the first two goals before he ended up scoring his. On the Altidore goal, which was scrappy to say the least, dirty sand. Sanchez is not, not very good goalkeeping. I but love it, that show, Welsh Dirty Sanchez. It, it, it falls to uh, Altidore, but the move was really created by Vasquez and Javinko. Vasquez, a little bit of a cutback finding Seba, and, and Javinko playing Azorio perfectly into space down that left-hand side. Well said, Wheels. You, you nailed it. And I was hoping I, that, that you started with that Vasquez pass. It was so clever from him. And he was involved heavily on the second goal as well. He recognized that Jonathan Azoria drifted over to that yep. left-hand side. That's where the overload was. His little back heel all of a sudden created that unbalance, that numbers-up situation for TFC. Something that Greg Vanny works on big time, shifting that ball across the pitch. Javinko's pass is perfect for Azorio. And he really digs out a great cross. He's not too precise with it just puts it into a dangerous area and it's no surprise that that Altidore is a player that bundles it over and and as you touched on earlier his celebration was great I thought it was going to be a Justin Morrow (laughs) special Justin Morrow dominates goals inside the six right like he was right there he just got spun around when that happens it's it's such I've been there before it's a crazy you're like are you kidding me that should have been my goal oh yeah we scored yeah (laughs) and then you're like celebrating and like this should be me and and, uh, it actually made taken um, uh, Altador more effort to get off his boot than it did to score the goal for the <laughs> yeah. celebration seriously to be fair it was good patience from the lads not to just jump on him and let him get his boot off and 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 I think it was in, in reference to the you know come with the time come with the call I'm going to be here to step up and, and, and the way he steps up it's it's not like the Cristiano Ronaldo show he does it where his teammates absolutely oh, he's love having him. a laugh and, and, and it's like team it, it, yes it's about Josie Altador but, it, but it's really it's about Toronto FC and, and that this team isn't beaten and this team believes they can get into the playoffs. Did, did you watch Saved by the Bell growing up? Yeah. I there thought it was Zach Morris. This is Zach Morris' <laughs> shoe phone. That's all I could think about when he took that off, the ginormous high top. So I had, I had the biggest crush on Kelly. Kelly oh, Kapowski? Oh, yeah. You were a Lisa Turtle guy? Or no, a, no. Was Jesse, there Jesse Spano? No, no. No? Okay. Kelly. I liked all of them equally. I'm she, not going to lie to she's you. She's one that got away. Okay. You're the cheerleader. <laughs> that's your that's your type. Uh, so what do you mean the cheerleader's my I type? That's who I she like was. Smart women too. I, not, I, no disrespect to cheer. I'm wrong, boy. <laughs> okay. Can we edit this? <laughs> no, Absolutely no. not. Uh, then then once one goal went in, honestly, it was just a matter of how many for Can me. We just Terry. rewind quickly, wheels, go, before go we get into the rewind. second yep. goal. Uh, I I thought the first half though, before TFC and the flood gates opened after that first goal, as you said, I thought TFC were really patient. I thought they easily and earlier on in the year under the pressure they're in, it was a game where they needed three points. I thought they were patient and and I thought Greg Vanny was patient too with his substitute and and I thought the team were very professional not to go and chase the game in the first half. I thought they dominated possession but weren't creating those opportunities.
opportunities in them. We brought Marky Delgado on on halftime. I thought his legs, another player high up, uh, higher up the pitch, that that was the the, the difference to unlock Chicago. Yeah, well, he's and he's rounding into decent form now. And 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 I also like the move of playing Ash down the right hand side after uh, JMO really struggled with his service down the right hand side. Just put the player back in a familiar spot where he can su- succeed. So I thought they were they were both smart moves and making that little struggle against adjustment. Ottawa. That's right. right. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then then Delgado is more looking like the player he was at the start of the year. Dipped in form a little bit, was dealing with some injury uh, issues, but uh, I thought that he was really good after coming on as well. Um, where second do you want to goal. go? Second goal, the, the, the Vasquez long ball to Javinko. And this is the biggest difference in Jonathan Azorio's game is now that they're playing like... Uh, like really it's an inverted triangle in the middle of the park it's allowing Azorio to get way more forward instead of just kind of playing just to the left a deeper position alongside uh, or just in front of a Michael Bradley he was playing way up top almost like alongside a Victor Vasquez in behind the front line and that's a little subtle adjustment in the midfield that's allowing him to get forward and put himself in position to score goals I think this season Jonathan Azorio has been unshackled he's been tested and I think he played within himself the last five six years and, and he's been a quality midfielder mm. he's an international he kept the ball moving very rarely did he give the ball away and defensively he was sound very often did teams break down his side right. but this year he's been given that freedom to get get forward i think and and, and he's, his game's been tested and, and and i think it's shown another facet to his game that, that, that he can recognize moments when i can get forward and the timing of his runs brilliant we know he's got the technique to execute at the end of it it was a wonderful ball from Vasquez. Javinko does really well to keep the play alive. He does. Just feeds it back into the path of Azorio and the timing of the run's perfect. And what's that? His 13th goal of the season? Yeah. Incredible. Eighth in league play and I like how it's eight goals and just 23 shots. So he's been very efficient. And, and I that, think that if, comp- he, if he if he continues to push on a little bit forward, maybe uh, he's a very, he's a player that loves to bring others into the game. If he maybe he's a little bit more selfish, maybe you can find the back of the net a little bit even more than Good this. Point. He's been great. And, and he snatched at one or two things last season and, and, and didn't let the play develop or should have taken the shot on earlier. So I think his decision making in and around the box is better. And, and a good example of what, what you just described, Wheels, was the Ottawa goal, where, where he, I think last year he looks to find maybe a player he looks yep. to find Ryan Telfer but this year he, he takes the onus on himself and scores so 2 nothing. then it was chance after chance Javinko's free kick was just filthy <laughs> you like that From one? The left. oh my god like what he hit it I was like where's he I thought he was going near post the ball floated and it totally like Sanchez had no clue he had no clue where that was going to end up, and it he almost hate landed in the top TFC. corner. <laughs> must hate it. But what, what, what didn't you say the last 15 minutes was all about? Is Javinko going to get his goal? That was it. He hits the crossbar, he hits the post, and yes. you're like, where is this goal going to come from? And and eventually, <laughs> you talk about a dirty Sanchez goal, but I think that came up a player, but it was his run, like, and, and that's what Javinko's been so good at over the years, is running at players and making sure that there is that imbalance. And I think the, the, the relief in Greg Vanny's face, I think the TV cameras panned on him was that Javinko got his goal yep. and he deserved it and and I think a big part of his goal was the overlap from Marky Delgado which created that little bit of space for, for Javinko to come inside. Yeah, it's that's the one element of Javinko's game that this season that's been lacking a little bit it's just that finish I mean, six feel- goals on 109 shots it's just, but he, he's had chances Terry, but sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce your way and 
now perhaps that this is a good omen for where things are going to go here in the second half of the season. And you talk about the morale of the group right now and players and staff and players coming into training with with a spring to their step. Javinko going to the All-Star with a spring to his step. I feel like even if TFC would have won 2-0, right. he'd be pissed off if he didn't get his goal. Yeah. And he wouldn't enjoy his, his, his Sunday dinner after a game. And he'd be thinking, some Saturday people don't, Some people don't like that about players. I love it because it's... Okay, inevitably it's the win that matters, but he's hungry to to be at his best. To be the best each player in the league. Yes, each and every game. And he hasn't been this year. There's no doubt about it. This hasn't been the Javinko of the of previous years, but you see those glimpses. And I think that with a full team back around him, it's going to give him the best platform to be that player once again. Well, I don't set, think he's well, passed I don't think he's done it. I think it's just a matter of circumstance more so than anything else. Yeah, I think the performances have been good. I, I don't think there's been a lack of effort. I still think he, every time he gets the ball, you feel like something's going to happen. I think his decision-making's been great. He just hasn't had the, the goals to, to go along with those performances, and I think you nailed it And saying when TFC's fully fit and, and the big dogs are in and around him, he, he's going to score more goals. So, Altador, difference-maker up front. Vasquez, difference-maker right in behind. Again, Chris Mavinga. I... I, I um, I think he actually looks more fit, more confident, more athletic than even he did last year. He looks good. Like, he looks so good right now, Terry. <laughs> oh, I, I, I mean, he's he is the best defender in MLS right now. 100%. He can, he can defend 1v1. He's got athleticism to cover that space in behind. I think his, his passing range and decision-making on, on the ball is underappreciated. And, and it's so nice having a left-sided center half, which allows you to play out that side. There has been some interesting developments in the team. And what's happened with young players getting their chances is that a young player like Io Akinola is now getting a look. Uh, the club is a big fan of what he can bring to the table, signing that contract, keeping him here and now it looks like he's climbed the pecking order as well and earned through really putting in the work at TFC 2 and it was a slow start for Io Akinola. You and I called a game on this horrible turf up at Monarch Park where he basically just missed the ball but after <laughs> no seriously like he literally missed the ball and you and I were like oh that's not a good moment for a young player but since then all he's been doing is banging in goals and being a key contributor for no matter who he's been playing for. Do you remember that moment? Yeah, I remember. Like, he came off the I'm bench. I'm like, oh, poor guy. He's come off the bench yes. at Monarch Park. You know, not long ago, he was playing in a World Cup, under-17 World Cup. And, and I know that he's got so much potential and the club had high hopes. But he must be thinking, are you kidding me? What, what What's going on with my career right now? But one of the things I love about, he's so so- young, right? I love but- about soccer is how quickly things can change. Yes. His attitude since that point has been spot on. Must have trained hard. Hard. And we called a game at Lamport where he scored a great header at the near post. He's put in the Against hard... Against basically an MLS team in FC Cincinnati. Yeah, so he's, yeah. He, he, he sort of rejuvenated himself. He worked hard at the training ground, scored for the USL club for TFC 2. Looks as though he's leapfrogged to St. Ricketts in the pecking order as well. And I think now he, he now is, is part of that 18, part of that 20 traveling squad. And I think in his game, he's got goals. He scored against Against Ottawa, and it's great to see young players from the GTA getting an opportunity. So we called it a must-win, even though it sounded silly being game number twenty-two of the year, or was, twenty-one of the year, was, or whatever. It was must-win. Uh, twenty-one, yeah. And uh, they came away with um, with an impressive one that will jump off the 
off the off, off the schedule or off the score sheet and give everyone above them in the table in the Eastern Conference fair warning. They are six points back now with the Montreal Impact who are in fifth place, but TFC is two games in hand and six points also behind the New England Revolution. It's going to send shockwaves, as you just said. I, I think now when clubs fans, players around the league just kind of look at the results trickling in over the weekend. TFC 3-0 over Chicago. Wow. Altidore's fit. Vasquez is back on the pitch. I I, I think this TFC side now has put themselves back in in, in a good position. And I think these next two games against Atlanta and New York City are going to define their season. Let's look ahead to this weekend's game against Atlanta. A big one as TFC takes on the top team in the Eastern Conference. We learn Dunfield with you. This is Come On You Reds. Hey, this is Josie Altenor, and you're listening to Come On You Reds podcast. This is Come On You Reds, Gareth Wheeler, Terry Dunfield. Uh, you can get at us anytime at WheelerTSN at Terry underscore Dunfield. Atlanta playing host to the All-Star game, then playing host to Toronto FC on the weekend. I know which game I'm more excited for. Uh, last time Toronto was down in Atlanta, it was the final game of the regular season last year. A 2-2 final. Is that the Javinko free kick? Things up. Javinko free kick right at the end of the game, uh, which really set the tone what was to come on their way to winning an MLS Cup. Now they go down and play the best of the best right now, Terry. I look across this league. I know that Portland's on a very good run of form. I know that the New York sides have been very good. But right up above the power ranking rankings has to be Atlanta United. Yeah, they're, they're a team uh, that you rightfully so should fear. I, I mean, there's so much pace in this side. There's exuberance. They play at a ridiculous tempo. Martino's sort of methodology is is we're going to score more goals than you. They're such an exciting attacking team that, 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 as I just touched on, play at a ridiculous tempo. And they've got so many young, exciting pieces that, that, that fit the profile of the club. F- wonderful fan base. The fans are right on top of you. When you score, that LCD TV lights right up. <laughs> and it's almost like technology meets old school s- culture soccer wonderful stadium and uh as we're gonna get into it break down some of the key players for atlanta so some top top players there well martinez is the guy if you if you haven't been watching what he's been doing this year joseph martinez has 24 goals on the season putting that into the context the most ever scored in an mls season is 27 27. he is three goals back with 11 games to play it's ridiculous. He's coming off a brace against Montreal last time out. 24 goals. And sometimes when you see goal scoring stats, some of them can be inflated by just penalties. Only five of them have been penalties. Next best in MLS is Zlatan on 15 goals. So he's is nine it, goals it, better than anyone else. Isn't Zlatan like 15 and 16? or his, his goals per game is ridiculous as well. Yeah, if he played the full year, then maybe he could be on that level as well. But yeah, I, I watched the game against Montreal. Could have probably had five. Uh, he's just an absolute goal-scoring threat. He doesn't look to get involved in the build-up play too much, but he plays on the last man's shoulder, he, he, and he's a goal machine. He, he, he's got ridiculous pace. Once he gets in behind, you're not catching him. He's, he's got that little dink finish. He's got that finish to the side corner. He's great at getting on the end of crosses. Uh, just a real... He's probably the Sergio Aguero of MLS. But By the way... Um 
we're going to have to clip that and we're going to reuse that. The little dink finish. I love it. The little dink finish. <laughs> the little, like the little messy finish. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I just honestly am like 12 years old. I smirk every time you, every time you say it. Is it as simple as stop Martinez, stop Atlanta? I think you stop Atlanta, you've got to stop Elmiron. Uh, the playmaker, number 10 for, for, for Atlanta. Uh, he's the player that makes Atlanta tick. 11 he, assists. So good in transition. Uh, Martino, he had opportunities to leave. There's was, there was rumors like 30 million plus offers decided to stay with Atlanta this year. Well, El- Elmiron says he wants to be in Europe in 2019. So and I think he's in a great spot right now and and he can do it all a lot of the time with with number 10s there's something they don't quite have that they can't possibly run away from players that they can only pick right. a pass or 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 they're very good on the dribble but maybe don't see the whole pitch or don't score goals or only set goals up for me Elmiron can run past players he can he can combine with players he's got a nice range he can p- play long i think he's athletic i think he's got goals in his game he's a left footer he's a good profile he's 6-1 i i think he's got everything and, and if tfc play with a three in midfield I, I i think he's a player you need to stop and him popping up either side of piet for montreal caused all sorts of problems and i and i think michael bradley if tfc are gonna win he needs a game i, I think it's worked for atlanta this year pushing gressel at times a little bit forward as well uh, uh, Viaba down the left-hand side. It's a well-balanced attack. And the thing that should make Toronto FC, nervous is a wrong word, that you really need to be aware of is playing on the turf as well because these young, quick players, when they pick up the pace, sometimes it can get the better of teams and it just comes in waves. So I think it's about TFC controlling the pace of the game, being able to put their foot on the ball and make sure they're not overrun at times. I mean, TFC is athletes, but it's just playing on turf. It's always just the, the it's an element that's very comfortable for Atlanta and maybe not so much for Toronto. I agree. I, I don't think TFC will want a wide open game. I no. think TFC will want a game that they can control. I think Atlanta are awesome in transition. They're great at playing in behind. So at times I think it's okay for TFC to be sat in a lower block. I think the first goal is going to be important for both sides, TFC and Atlanta, both sides that are able to capitalize when teams have to open up against them. The last thing TFC want to do against Atlanta is concede early and have to chase a game. I like Gressel, as you said. Villaba, he's got pure pace and he's versatile, can play anywhere across the front three one player that's interesting there right now is barco uh playmaker they spent 15 million on him he's missed the last two games and by from a club suspension martino's decided he's not going to be involved he's been training with the group but but due to ill indiscipline he's not been they said it was going to be two games so he could be back with a point to prove uh but but i i think that the the weakness of this atlanta side is 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 they're very open that that their back line doesn't get a whole bunch of protection jeff lewentowitz he's he's done fantastic for atlanta not the most mobile so if tfc could possibly hit atlanta in transition that might be the way forward yep uh look it 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 should be a game where attacking prowess is on full display hopefully and you know and, and this is just the dark side of me that Almiron and Martinez just play a whole lot of football playing the all-star game at home like the home support wants to see their home players play and hopefully Juventus <laughs> run them ragged, right? Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Meanwhile, TFC has been back here in Toronto. Just Fraser and Javinko have been away. So, uh, yeah. But look, TFC's won four games in a row. Uh, there's a lot to like about their form heading into this game as well. A hundred percent. And I think where TFC have an advantage over Atlanta as well is is, is that they're very disciplined. There's a, there's a team... Um, 
discipline uh, shape to TFC. And, and at times Atlanta can be very individualistic, one or two players looking to combine what we're TFC or a team. And, and they, they try to shift as a group. And hopefully that team versus pure individuals, yes, TFC have great individuals, will prevail. Uh, Aro will be back in contention uh, to be at least in the 18. Not a bad game to come back yeah, into. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, it looks like Drew Moore might be another week off. I don't think you'd want to play him on that turf anyways. But Drew Moore's knocking on the door to returning as well. <laughs> Imagine that, your first game back against Martinez. Yes, no In front kidding. of 70,000 people. Thanks, Gaffer. Thank <laughs> you so much. That was like when I was playing for Ross County. I've been injured all year. Boxing day away at Celtic Park. Cheers, mate. No big deal. <laughs> Thank you so much. Way to ease me back in. <laughs> How long, did you last my... that How long did you last that match, Terry? I saw it through, but my career was over the next game. <laughs> uh, so that's the story this weekend. Looking forward to that game, Toronto FC in Atlanta this this weekend. Look, if, if th- this is kind of how I'm approaching this game. Uh, if TFC goes out and wins this one, they're making the playoffs. Guarantee slam dunk. Uh, if you go to Atlanta, come away with a victory. I, I don't think this is a must win. But I'll have no doubt that this Toronto FC team's kicking on and making the playoffs if they win this weekend. Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. I'm telling you, this is a game you've got to watch. This is going to be some game. I agree with you. If TFC can go get a result in Atlanta, and I think TFC will be going there to win. It sets them up so nicely for that big Sunday game against New York City. Then the first leg, uh, Toronto FC is going to fly all the way across the country to Vancouver, take on the Whitecaps on Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time for the first leg of the Canadian Championship. That's a tricky tie because... Well, it's just the travel, right? Yeah. Atlanta, Vancouver... you're doing that kind of trifecta travel where you go right. It's like go, like flying to Europe almost, and uh, and there's a lot of importance on this Canada Cup because because TFC want to get into the the Concacaf Champions League. They still have unfinished business yep. there, uh, so, so it's 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 a game where on paper and you're trying to get into the playoffs, you'd love to rest one or two, but I don't think TFC can afford to do that, and, and it's going to be a long week for the last Yeah, I, I know that there's like a lot of buzz when it comes to Alfonso Davies, but when you watch the Whitecaps, you're never quite sure which team you're going to see. Yeah. Whether it's a really good team I, or think, it's a team that struggles. I think Robbo doesn't know his best 11 right yeah. now, and, and I think he, at times he's tried to play his best players, which isn't necessarily your best team. Uh, but but I think if TFC can kind of shut up shop in Vancouver, and, and as long as it's close and they're coming back to BMO, they'll they'll have the advantage. At least your game's Saturday and not Sunday. The Sunday Wednesday would be a you know I know it's just a day. It makes all the huge difference. And at the same time, Vancouver's going to be coming back from New York. Uh, on and they play Saturday night at 8 p.m. So TFC will probably be landed in Vancouver before the Whitecaps are. So and, and Vancouver in a similar situation to TFC, they're right on the brink of the playoffs, and and, and they're they're not going to go to New York with it with an understrength. Well, just, just looking at to the second leg, and then we'll move on. But Vancouver plays Toronto, then they're down in Portland, a big rivalry match. Then they have to go from Portland back to Toronto, and TFC is going to be back in Toronto for the second leg. Did you see? And the, that's where you want all hands on deck. Did you see the Davies goals? I did. I oh, did. I did. Not bad, hey? What are those defenders doing? They'll get a foot in. But anyways, great goals by Alfonso Davies. <laughs> I love I that I, from you, Wheels. No, I just sometimes I'm like, just you're letting a, a teenager dance around you like that. What happened to that pride of a good veteran defender just getting stuck in, just 
Take I, a I'll, foul. I'll, I'll, I'll give. I, I want to say it's a great goal. I'll it give was you that. a great goal. The, the, it was the a great trick, goal. though, the ball's not protected. He rolls the ball with the That's sole of true. his foot, foot. You should be able to tackle there. Former white cap Michael Boxel. He's been on highlights all week. I feel <laughs> sorry for him. But you know what? In fairness, Alfonso Davies, I thought in the first half he was trying a little bit too much. It wasn't going well. Yeah. And he just believed in, in, in what's got him here. And his quality came out in the second half. Yeah, well, it half. wasn't even the start of the week. It was... Ibrahimovic, right? Another like, do you watch that game or Orlando City and, and Galaxy? Galaxy over the course they played two games in 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 succession, like back to back. They played uh, the uh, the the uh, against LAFC yeah. on like Thursday, the and then played against yeah. Sunday, and two incredible games to watch. Yeah, they're it's definitely not a Ziggy Schmidt team. No, this team's wide open. They're exciting. Thank God that they're they're almost playing. <laughs> yeah, they're almost playing off the cuff a little bit, and I think the players are really enjoying it. I don't think players are playing in their you know they're trying to find a spot for Ole Kamara, but Ibrahimovic he just keeps going. And what it, a beast! Like. Oh. He is just so smart in the way that he controls his body while he's on the ball. And that's a big body, too. And, and, and with all due respect to the MLS, it, it, it's half a yard slower than the Premier League. And that, that split second of a difference Matters. that he's getting in the box, he, he's with his technique and, and, his, and his awareness and smarts, he, he's taking full advantage of. And if of. you have players like Gonzalez uh, that can just kind of run around him, it's just like, or DeSantos, <laughs> sorry, Judas yeah. Santos, uh, just the runner, it, it makes him that much better. He yeah, needs runners because yeah. he can't do it all alone. I love when he draws out to one of the wings and it opens up that space because he commands so much attention. And he, when you have quick players playing off him, it's brilliant. Did you hear watch. his interview after? Oh, where yeah. He apologized and he said, Look, I'm sorry. I probably should have had two more goals. Yes. I can do better. I know. I love it. 15 <laughs> goals. He's second in the Golden Boot race. And I feel like he hasn't even played that many games. Oh, did he play for Man United too? He, he did. You've got his kit, don't you? I do. The blue one. <laughs> so quickly, so you were in Michigan this week. Weekend. Yeah, I went, went down, down to the big. I, I cheated uh, on TFC on the weekend. Yeah, uh, United Liverpool in Ann Arbor. I tried to what? look out for you in the crowd. There's a few there. What? What? I was the <laughs> I was the one that was chirping the entire time. Whatever Mo Salah got the ball, I I, I was Sergio Ramos. <laughs> Sergio Ramos. That's ruthless. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I am that guy. So what was it like? Uh, it, other than the game, it was great. The tailgate, <laughs> like the fact that one small town. In you know an hour outside of Detroit can have a hundred and one or hundred and two thousand people, and the streets are just littered with people. It, it was just um, it, it it's just it shows you just the type of support that the game has across the country, right? It's amazing. The whether it was Canadian supporters or American supporters, it was just, it was just a great day. So Mourinho said. Fans should not be spending their money on our preseason you know tour. Do you know much? So, are you from glad that? you went and spent your money? I'm glad I went and had that time. But you understand what he's saying? A hundred percent. I understand because the World Cup, the, this, the tour came too quickly after the World Cup, and when you go to a game like that and you don't see Pogba, Lukaku, Rashford, Ling, go down the list of players. You, you know, I you're can't believe you're putting teams. Lingard as a big time player. He was Sorry, one of England's yeah. best players. I know, in the world it's Cup. crazy though. Um, no, but in, in, in fairness, when when you when you're seeing like a, a second team, it's you know when you're when you're asking people to spend a hundred hundred fifty dollars on a ticket. It's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. It's, it's a lot Any, of money. Anyone stand out from Man United? You're uh, like, oh, this Andreas guy's got Pereira. a bit. Yeah. Andreas Pereira's had a very good preseason. So spent the last year on loan in Spain with Valencia, and he's come back and he scored a brilliant free kick. But it's, it's more than that. It's, it's a player that's confident on the ball. He's like the anti-Fellaini because he tries to work it. He's got good vision, good touch on the ball. Is he not another Herrera? Uh, 
Herrera, see, I think his, his touch is way better than Herrera. Yeah. I think Herrera is just a player that just runs around and just has the touch of a baby elephant. I just don't think he's he's, he's efficient. And I think Pereira is a better player than him. Much right? better than Herrera. Good to hear. So, I, I still think you we'll guys see. should break the bank and sign Kante. I, I think, well, I think Kante would look great. Alderweireld, you need a right winger. United needs work. So I don't blame Mourinho for anything he says. The club is the richest club in the world. Was what Luke, are you doing? Was Luke Shaw there? Is he still fit? No, Luke Shaw or Rick Shaw. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of moves around like one. Now he, he was he was out hurt that day. So, but hey, look out for Liverpool. Good, but good team. Good balance. They've had a good. Um, good off season in terms of their, their their transfer movement so still might be a player in the midfield a defender off but they have so much attacking talent in that team uh, we'll head out our mid-season awards or de facto mid-season awards next right here on Come On You Reds Hey this is Jonathan Osorio download the Toronto FC app for weekly contests where you can win signed jerseys tickets and more segment of come on you reds wheeler and dunfield with you i like doing it live last week after the ottawa game do you like that right in the moment you're right there but i was all amped after and i was up to like two three in the morning i couldn't sleep i was thinking about like liam frazier and the goals <laughs> and, i don't know i, 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 I could not sleep i'm gonna tell liam that you it know that like, dunfield's thinking about you late at night i'm becoming, I'm becoming a huge liam frazier fan it's I know taken you me a little while to get there I wasn't convinced, but that Ottawa game was a big step forward for him. After games, you know what it's like. You can't sleep after we games. We all have those players that we kind of gravitate to for whatever reason. It might be something little that they do. So I totally get I where you're coming from. I wasn't but Chris Mavingo was one. It took a couple games for me. I watched him train, and now I'm his biggest fan, too. Right. So, so sometimes it just takes a little bit of time to, to I guess win over fans or, yeah, or we all have whatever those, we are I call them the hipster pick you know you know you go in the crowd you see the Bradley you see the Alter, you see the Javinko that's like your mount that's your big three right <laughs> yeah well Mount Rushmore would have four but then you like to pick out put them Vasquez there but then you like kind of cherry pick other players hey, and you know what's kind of nice too is when players surprise you a little bit and I'd like to think I'm not a brickhead and I can eat a little bit of humble pie and say you know what maybe I got that one wrong and this, sure. this player surprised me uh, let's go there let's start off who is your surprise player we're, we're here at the all-star game so i know it's well beyond the midway point in terms of games on the season but i, I think we should kind of go through maybe hand out some de facto mid-season awards and i'll go with my surprise player of the year ryan telfer i like when he came into the team Good point I like that one. Um, I called his OUA championship game at McMaster University a couple of years ago. And he was good. Like, he didn't even stand out on that field. Oh, the good player, right? Um, but now he's come into this team and made himself a very versatile, well-rounded, and tough-to-play-against squad player. I did not see that coming at all, Terry. He's my surprise player from the first half of the season. I, I like that shout. I think he's always had athleticism. He, he's an absolute beast to play against. He's very direct. And, and I think he's added a little bit of tactical awareness about being in and around the, the group. And I think you know exactly what you're going to get from Ryan Telfer. And, he, and he's popped up with, with a, a couple important goals and a couple good assists. And he, he's kind of... I, I think the club are hoping he can sort of pick up where... Raheem Edwards left off and, and it's easier I guess said than done but I think I think he's closing that gap I'm gonna go with Auro uh, I, I think that he was brought in on a little bit of a flyer I, I, I think uh, that the, 
He 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 was brilliant in the Concacaf Champions League. I know he's picked up a knock right now. Again, he's a versatile player, and, and I think he's he's given Vanderweel. He's pushing him on, and, and I like his athleticism as well. But also uh, the hungriness that he plays from, and he's the type of player again that raises a level of training. And he's a player that's really difficult to leave out of the side. Um, my player of the season for the, at the midway point is Azorio. We we covered a lot of it. He's played the second most minutes of the team, played various roles. He leads the team in goals. I think he's done everything and more that you've asked of him through half the season. Is there, is there any other player that you put in the same categories? I, th- I think Javinko's probably close. I, I I I know he hasn't gotten the goals, but I, I I think he's logged a ton of minutes like like Azorio. But Azorio, he, he's added goals to his games, assists, popped up at, at big moments and stepped up. And, and I I think there's been a real consistency to his play. I, no, no longer is he drifting in and out of games. I think he's got a presence on the field, and um, I, I I think he's really relishing and enjoying being one of the main men at TFC right now. Uh, is there a- game of the season or a moment of the season you can think of? I have a match where I thought that Toronto FC just played their best football all season and it was a 3 nothing win over Philadelphia. Like, Philly, it, it was reminiscent of San Jose um, last year where San Jose, where they had like almost a thousand passes. Like, San Jose gets, looked like they should be playing in the PDL or right, something. That game where TFC played them off the pitch at home 3 nothing. I mean, that for me, that was one of TFC's best games I think of that the year. saw their manager off, Dominic Kinnear. It was... Last year. Yeah, yeah. TFC were awesome that, that day. And they were good against Philly this year. I, th- I thought the first time where I've been comfortable and at home and I saw the TFC of 2017, I know the fans hate it when I keep referencing the, the, the team of this year to last year, was the second half against Chicago on the weekend. Right. I thought they were good. But what, I, what I'd say, I'd say that whole entire campaign of the CONCACAF Champions League. I'm going to throw that all under one umbrella. Yeah. See, I, mean, I was just kind of going with obviously the Champions League. I was just going to go with the regular season yeah, here. Yeah. So I, um, I think that whole like the organization, the, the planning that went in behind it, the preseason, and the fact that TFC with a depleted squad were, were a shootout away from being the first MLS side to, to lift the CONCACAF Champions League. I'm going to say that whole run was incredible. Uh, my my favorite moment, uh, and I'm going to go back to Ryan Telfer, is that goal against Orlando City. The late winner in the 87th minute off the volley where arm he smashed up, it across the, smashed smash it across the goal. 2-1 win, and that's when he kind of announced... Yeah, you might want to know my name. I just thought it was a great moment. You know what I, I mean? That. Like, yeah. no, because a, a lot of people like, want to know I, my name. <laughs> seriously, but I hate that celebration where fan, where the players point to their name on the back. I don't I think he did one. that. I hate that I massive that one. one. You need to run off, take off your shirt, throw your jersey in the ground, name up, and point at Dude, it. Dude, you could never call over call over that spider camera that goes over top. <laughs> Zoom in right on that right there. Dude, you could never play for the Yankees. Uh, Me? Don't they don't not have their names on the back of the Yankees because we're like a team or something like that? Stupid. Stupid. Uh, My moment is going to be the Jonathan Azorio uh, winner last week against Chicago where he showed great composure and and cut it back. I think Kappelhoff went into the stands and he tapped it into the empty net. Chicago had just gone 1-1, and that was a must-win game for me. TFC, get the three points, and hopefully that's the start of the run. Uh, do you have a Dunfield dumpster or a waste bin this week? We're going to have to park the high five. I cannot wait to do this because we're going to find out who Terry Dunfield's <laughs> five best friends who ever played for Toronto FC were. And I'm going to tell you my five favorite players who've ever Nine. played for Toronto Beta FC. Beta in there for sure. Hey? Be- Beta is a lock. <laughs> a lock, my boy. What about Hassler? Is he going to make it? Hassler's in my list. 
He's in your list? Yeah. Fine. I'm going to keep you out because we're That's too tight. Rubbish. So, no, but no, like, everyone knows. Because of the radio and the me leaving you. We're no, not mates over that yet. I can't believe you brought this up. We're not talking about this. <laughs> no, but I can't keep you because I work with, I'm with you. Well, so now like, we're not mates anymore. I, no, <laughs> you're missing my point. People want to know who else. Oh, who else? Yes. Okay, okay. Yes, that's it. Uh, no, no, I'm actually enjoying life right now. So uh, you're not going to throw anything not a lot in the dumpster? dumpster. I, this Canadian A license course I'm on right now is a ton of work. I'm not enjoying this at night after long days in the academy but uh no i, th I think things are going okay again like you looking forward to the all-star game and even more so seeing what this tfc side and where they're at against atlanta um i'm gonna throw um uh what's his name doogie hauser neil patrick harris what? right into the wheeler way so you didn't see what he did oh no oh he, so he was he was at metlife stadium he was watching city yeah. Liverpool. You're going to want to throw him into the dumpster yeah. after this. Watching City Liverpool. He's it, So he does like an Insta video. He's yeah. like him and his son are there. Wearing like the baby, actual Doogie Hauser? Yeah. yeah. Bill Patrick Harris. Yeah. He's wearing the baby blue kit. And um, he has his video going on. Say, hey, me and my son, we're at our first soccer football game ever. Like, look at this. This is great. He's like, let's go Manchester United. And he's wearing the city kit no. at a city Liverpool game. What a, yeah. dink, what a dinkus. Yeah. yeah, you should throw Doogie Hauser. <laughs> Not so bright, is he? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, he's in for sure. Yeah, he's in. So I'm not trying to make this a come on your Reds like Manchester United Reds podcast, but you can have him. He's a he's a he can be no, a Man but if you're an American, he can be another bandwagon Man United fan. But this is the other thing: whether it's like a TFC game south of the border. So if you travel, uh, our crew travels Dude, that's down brutal. to other games. The more I think about it, that's it's awful. horrible. But so many times, like whether it was in Michigan watching United yeah. Liverpool, or you go to a TFC game in Columbus or yeah. Minnesota, you'll see people wearing kits of every team across the globe, even rival clubs. And I'm like, you don't wear another team's kit. Just because you're going to a soccer game doesn't mean they need to wear a soccer kit. They've put, there's right? been a lot of thought into those jerseys too. Like, oh, I can wear my soccer kit. I'm going to a soccer game. So I got, I meant to bring this up. I got into it with some people. Like there was, there was a guy wearing a Columbus crew jersey yeah that was in behind in the beer line with me right so i started chirping him but then this group of chicago fire fans started chirping him <laughs> and then i started chirping the chicago fire fans because we've owned them <laughs> so like it, it went around in circles it's a good mls banter but no need to wear that jersey to a game where neither team a preseason international game like that might be a little bit different but oh. an actual league game I'm not having that. So either. I went up to another guy, and he was wearing an Argentina kit. I was like, oh, what would you think about this? And he's like, to be honest with you, I got invited by my friend, and they gave me this jersey. I don't even know what it means. What? So this is the time. This is the sort of thing that drives me bonkers. So if you're Doogie Howser or anyone else there, like understand so what that what you wear symbolizes something and that it matters. Did you want to hear something interesting? So I did the TFC camps last year with the young young dudes and, and girls, like young players. It was great. A player, a nine-year-old, wore a Vancouver Whitecaps kit oh, to the TFC. Geez. Same <laughs> thing. Like, like, that's got to be on the parents, though. It has to be. I would have gone into the kit room and say, here, take this. Change. <laughs> Unless it's like Steve Nash's son or like... Uh, Not even. Know your surroundings. Yeah. Know where you are. Um, good stuff, Dunfield. At good Terry run. underscore Dunfield. Good uh, rant, I'm Will. at Wheeler TSN. We'll be back next week after the Canadian Championship game. I'm a little bit in and out on vacation right now. 
and uh, enjoy the All-Star game if you're listening to this before. Enjoy Toronto FC Atlanta. And then Wednesday night in Vancouver, TFC Whitecaps, first leg of the Canadian Championships. Once again, this is Beam. Come on, you Reds.